0: All right. Uh you know Halloween's coming up and I'm kind of bummed cuz there's a local theater here in Fullerton, uh the Maverick Theater. And they have certain productions that they do every year like at Christmas time they have a stage production they've done they do of Santa Claus Conquers the Martians that's freaking hilarious. And uh and every Halloween they do Night of the Living Dead, which I have, I don't go every year to that one, but I've been a number of times and it's really good, but that's the only version of Night of the Living Dead I've ever actually seen. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. How oh, am I just not hearing about this? <laughs> well,
0: I, I, I'm sorry, I know like you should have been going it's to this. Martian one. When things are, when things are normal again, you will come to both of those because I am especially the Martian one, because it's amazing. But uh. But yeah, I realized that like last time I was at it a couple of years ago, I was like, I, you know, this production's really cool. Like there's a moment in it that's like amazing. But I've literally never seen the movie that it's based on. I've only yeah. seen this stage adaptation that this theater has randomly done.
2: <laughs> I think I've seen that movie either.
0: Oh, oh. wow. I think I Night of the
1: Living Dead is probably one of the films I have seen the most in my 45s here's on this.
0: <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. I don't know how, I mean, I know of it of course, but I, yeah, I don't know how I missed it. So I guess you could say it's on my list. <laughs>
3: Hi, I'm Elisa,
2: and I have seen Night of the Living Dead.
4: I'm Andrew, and I have seen Night of the Living Dead.
2: I'm Bethany, and I have not seen Night of the Living Dead.
0: I'm Cheryl, and I have not seen Night of the Living Dead.
1: I am Joe, and I have very much seen Night of the Living Dead. Mean to get you, Barbara. <laughs> this is, it's on my list. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, I want to reveal something very strange about the way that I've seen this movie.
0: Okay, I can't wait.
4: Now, Night of the Living Dead, uh, I believe the first time that I saw it many years ago, I was loaned a DVD, and the DVD was the colorized version.
2: What? Boo! Boo!
3: (laughs) (laughs) I've never even heard of that. Huh.
4: It's it I I remember thinking it was a little odd, but just I thought, oh, it's an old movie. This is like maybe I was just getting out of high school. i I' I'm like <laughs> I I didn't think much of like, oh, it's an old movie. The color looks funny. But uh, you know, <laughs> since then of course I'd seen it in black and white the the proper way. And yeah, it looks great. Like it's <laughs> there's no reason for for it to have been colored, yeah. You know, given color. Uh, like it's so, so odd.
0: Yeah, that's a weird choice to colorize.
1: Well, uh, probably twenty minutes of that version on television once around Halloween time. Turned it off in disgust.
2: <laughs> <laughs> was it done by that that guy who who bought all the old Ted film reels? Yeah, was it that guy?
1: Can't remember. Well, I, I know mean, it if he, it if fell it into Casablanca.
2: Two... Then, like nothing oh, is yeah. sacred to that man.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, t- it's it's in the. Public domain, somehow, Night of the Living Dead.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. It has a, a very weird journey. Like this movie, it, it's a milestone in many different ways in cinema. When they finished it, they were going to call it The Night of the Flesh Eater. So they had everything mocked up for that. Mm. And at the last second, they found out four years earlier, they had been a film called The Flesh Eater. Mm. So the company that was going to distribute it decided to change the name to Night of the Living Dead. So they did it very last second. And when they did it, they forgot to put a little copyright notice on the title. Mm. Back then, with the copyright laws, the way they were written, it immediately went into the public domain. So that's why there's 800 million different versions of this thing on VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, whatever.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And they were, I mean, poor George Romero. Right. That's so (laughs) much money. Because right. I think until the Blair Witch Project came around in 99, this was like the highest-grossing independent film still.
0: What yeah, a- I wrote, I think I wrote down somewhere what it had... Oh, apparently, I didn't write down what it had made. But yeah, it was like super cheap to make, and they made a bunch of money on it, but
1: yeah. I mean, it's what kicked off back then, independent film. Yeah. We're going to play like the Northeast is where he would have in and around Pittsburgh. And this yeah. was the first time where something that was done in a small region just kind of blew up and went across the entire country and after that everyone started going oh maybe we should pitch in some money and do an independent movie but it, it just i, I love this movie for various different reasons but that always bummed me out uh, yeah. george R- romero is one of my heroes uh when he died three years ago i was crushed gave him a star on the hollywood walk of fame not long after he passed away uh, luckily, he knew he was going to get some free. Oh, cool. Knew That's nice. gonna, we were going to give it to him. And I missed the ceremony, but wow. I was able to go to Glendale at the Alex mm-hmm. Theater. They did a memorial for the night. I got a ticket to go to that. And I actually ended up sitting like two or three feet away from his widow, Susan, and his daughter, mm-hmm. and, uh, and they screened the show, and a bunch of people who were in his there. And it was like just a really cool celebration. Um, it, it, See, i also have a weird relationship with this movie because i knew all about it before i watched it yes yeah. this was one of the first date my father ever put my mother on I went to a local drive-in theater <laughs> to see it. Nice. and my dad way into horror movies my mother not so much would tolerate them what we would watch but it's not anything she would ever see out so the cool thing was where she lived at her parents' house there was a church with a graveyard and throw throw from the bedroom window. And that is where like Ooh. all the town trunks Ooh. would congregate and drink <laughs> on a Saturday night, Friday night, Sunday night. So as a little girl she would just hear a bunch of noise coming from a cemetery
3: <laughs> in oh, the middle man. of the night.
1: <laughs> so after they see this movie and my dad drops her off I don't I can never remember if it happened the exact night it just seems too convenient for that to be the case probably it happened a little bit later but at some point after she watched it I heard something right outside her bedroom window and she pulled the curtains back and its a giant white dog reeks by the yard right in front of oh, her, her, <laughs> her, <laughs> her she's like ghosts are real
0: <laughs> little girl. right so, oh, I had always
1: heard that story that always made me laugh so when I finally got to see this movie I'm like man I always like thought about this movie with chuckle and now I'm not laughing anymore
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I have to say this movie was uh, a lot tenser than i expected it to be like i went into it thinking I, I don't know why but i had this impression that it was sort of not not bad on the level of plan nine from outer space but that it was a generally like poorly acted uh kind of silly movie or something well not silly campy. but just not yeah can't be not like not good and people like loved the, it camp, in part yeah. because of that right and, and so watching it i i was like oh gosh, no, that's not what this is at all. Like, no. I thought the acting for a small little independent movie like that was actually pretty good on the whole. And, yeah, it was really intense in parts and really, you know, a lot better made than I went into it expecting it to be. So, uh, yeah, I was really kind of startled by how scary it was. I was,
2: and, yeah, as the other first-time viewer, I was kind of expecting, maybe not camp, but... um just more more of like a typical monster movie. Almost like a, a universal monster sort of thing yeah. where it's just like zombies, zombies, zombies all the time, zombies, but it's not really about zombies. <laughs> right, right. Uh it's about the monstrosity of humanity. Yes.
0: <laughs> well, I was just talking with a friend earlier today who's a a a community college instructor. And I wish I'd known this sooner because I told her I would have invited her to join us because she teaches with this movie. And so she, you know, was talking about how she has her students really look at like the history of zombie movies, that there's really only one that was prior to this in the 1930s called White Zombie. And that zombies are a metaphor for slavery uh, or not today now they're more like for the drudgery of our you know our lives but um but, you know, she has them go back and look at it that way. And especially with this movie, that it's a little less obvious in this one. But um, but obviously you have, you know, this was 1968 and you had a black man leading a movie. He, you know, he was the one who was taking control. He was the one who was making things happen. She talked about, you know, there's a scene where he slaps Barbara and to see a black man on screen slapping a white woman in 1968 was not really common. And, and so... You know, George Romero really, really took some chances and put messages in there that you I certainly didn't expect seen in this movie. And, you know, and as it as it continues, you know, certainly by the time you get to the end, there's a really clear message. And, uh, yeah, I was really surprised by that, but I thought it was really effective.
1: Yeah, I love the social commentary in this film. It's one of the things that even as a little kid, I dug about it. And the older I've gotten, the more I pick up. When I got back to college one year for my English term paper, I actually wrote about the social commentary in the Romero zombie films. I went from I the living dead all the way through uh, survival of the dead. He says that he didn't intentionally cast Wayne Jones in this to send a message and I, I do believe him I think because if he would have I think he would have said it but all along he's always said Dwayne was the best actor in the room so the, the role at that point was actually kind of like an uneducated truck driver okay. who was like a hair trigger off person and they really didn't do any rewrites for it but when they kind of got there on the day to do it Dwayne's like hey I don't feel right acting it out this way would you mind if I make some changes as and he kind of turned that role into his own thing, and it's better for
0: yeah, because like, yeah, like my friend was talking about, like when he's talking about how things started and that he was outside this diner and, you know, everybody was staring at him and stuff. It's like, that's also, you know, is he talking about the zombies staring at him or is he talking about mm-hmm. all these white people in this diner staring at him? So yeah. I was like, whoa, I didn't even think about that when I heard that that dialogue. But yeah, that makes sense. So. Yeah.
1: And kind of what your friend was talking about. I mean, there were more than just the one quote unquote zombie movie prior to this, right. but they were all mainly like voodoo zombies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Where if yeah. someone
1: yeah. used like a potion or powder or something to kind of strip your humanity away. Right. You would be buried and quote unquote resurrected. And then, you know, they would use you to work on their plantation or whatever right. it might be. Right. But so this was the first time where there was a zombie movie at it it was truly a person who died, their corpse reanimated, and they craved flesh.
0: Yes. Yeah. And
1: that was at a time where horror movies were basically Saturday matinee fair for kids and <laughs> adults. <adolescent. laughs> so when this came out, I think the premiere was October 1st in 68, and it came out a few days later. And uh, Roger Ebert, who I look for, actually wrote in his review that he was sitting in a theater surrounded by little kids. Oh. And that at one point he looked across the aisle and there was a nine-year-old girl just weeping oh, buckets God. full of tears. Oh, because he's like, God. you know, everyone thought the same thing that you both were thinking is, oh, this is just gonna be some little canty wrong. Right. And then all of a sudden there's like people <laughs> having their insides Checked up by a trowel. and you know, Yeah, we well, like eaten just and like a
2: little girl stabbing her mother. Yes, and- well, yeah. and just when
0: you get the first bit of that, when Barbara goes upstairs in this house and there's a body up there and the face is just, you know, partially yeah. eaten away. And it's, I mean, even for me watching it, I was like, oh, God, like that was really startling. I didn't know <laughs> the level of gore and it was going to be like that, you know? And then, yeah, when you later have all these zombies eating a couple of people and like really, Like you're seeing them with individual bits of, you know, entrails and things, and it's like, oh, that's really gross. Like,
2: (laughs) yeah, it was Uh, Joe. I'm I'm sure you know, I hope, um, but what do you know what sort of a prop flesh they were eating? Was it like uncooked hamburger meat or something?
1: The, the only curious. one I know for certain is uh, as we get later on to the movie, and there's the explosion with the truck when they're trying to fuel it. Oh yeah. The, the cooked goods were <laughs> baked ham oh. covered with chocolate.
2: Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Taste. I really and I enjoyed watching it, and I, I saw this at the uh, the drive-in that you guys recommended. So that was that was fun.
4: Um, yeah, we yeah, were. It was the uh, the Frida Cinema, mm-hmm, who yes. doesn't sponsor us, but they should. Yes, and, they should. Uh, <laughs> really,
0: they are really great. Yeah. yeah. They're
4: fantastic. They're out of um, Santa Ana, but uh-huh. with the theaters having to remain closed right now, they've been doing a really great um, drive-in programming uh, where they've been showing just all kinds of uh, uh, fantastic movies, uh, which is always what they do. They always show really great things. Yes. Uh when when we were able to go into their theater and for for this drive in, of course, October they're they're trying to have every kind of horror movie and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, I um I saw they did uh they did La La Land, they did um Knives Out, they did so they've done recent stuff as well yes. as like older things. So I I, I think every, you know, if you're in the Southern California area, go go uh, you know, go see one of their drive-in movies help them out it's you know yeah
2: it was it, it was very very cool <laughs> and and yeah they they know what they're doing The <laughs> all the the staff was great and uh the the way they had it set up was really nice
0: yeah that's awesome and yeah i mean just not to continue giving them a, a plug but uh but yeah even when it was when the theater was it you know theater proper was open yeah they have this great mix of Newer movies and then older retro screenings of things like Buckaroo Bonsai and things that I've gone to there and just yeah everybody there is super nice. Please sponsor us. <laughs> like they can <laughs> like they can even do that right now. But <laughs> but uh, yeah I'm sorry that I missed that. I'm st- I'm still in the stage of like I'm not even going to drive-ins. So um, plus going by myself it's expensive. But uh, but yeah that I I would like to see this on a big screen with other people and just see what it's like in that kind of screening, you know? So yeah.
1: We missed the drive through but two or three, four years ago, I did go to Beyond Fest, and they had the 4K restoration version of this oh. film. They made it the Egyptian. That, it, that was the first time I saw it in with a crowd. It wow. was like... It, you know, you just kind of check off a little events in your life Like I will not forget that, right. <laughs> that I would- Check mark Yeah that's really cool I was going to say I, I'm one of those people that I always say if I had a time machine I wouldn't go back to try to get Or anything I would just go back to like When Night of the Living Dead first I would watch it with the nice. oh, So <laughs> debuted and sit in the crowd with everyone Yeah <laughs> Oh,
2: speaking of not to go too hard on a tangent But there was a I think it came out either last year or a couple years ago A a recording, an audio recording of a movie theater That was seeing um, Halloween for the first time Oh and I, I think you can kind of hear the movie in the background so you kind of know what spot they're at. <laughs> but it's one of the reveals when she's like in the house and then you see him in the background and the crowd just loses their mind.
0: Oh, <laughs> That's, it's like, I love those There's like things. laughing
2: and screaming and just, it just sounds like so much fun. <laughs> the
1: beginning of this movie, when the brother and sister Barbara and Donnie are going to the cemetery, the flowers on the grave. That is the cemetery in Evans City, not too far outside of Pittsburgh. All right. And I did visit that place. Ooh. It is out in the boondocks. <laughs> the only difference, and it's been about seven years since I was there, and really the only difference from seven years ago and when they filmed at 68 are instead of a dirt road, it's big. it is surrounded <laughs> by trees and forests, and we're like, there's wow. nothing around there. And it really did look exactly the same. Like, the, the part where the zombie first attacks her when she's in the car, yeah. and Barbara's like, freaking out. There's that little building right behind them. Uh-huh. That building was still there. It was barely standing, but there was a, like a George Romero Foundation Society or something like that. They were trying <laughs> to <laughs> get right. the money up to refurbish it and keep it going. Wow. And they were in the middle of, kind of putting it all back together. And you just kind of, it was a smallish cemetery, but if you walked out, it was very easy to find. Like, the tombstone that she would stop at and kneel down by it was just it was one of the coolest things ever that's so cool and the person that took me out there and we were the only two people out there and i was just like taking pictures (laughs) left and right you want me to take a picture of you by the tombstone no i just want to stand here and be in the area this is so cool yeah
0: (laughs) that's really cool Yes, I would have thought I mean I know it's low budget, but I still would have thought they dressed some of that a bit or put in some extra tombstones or something, you know, to make yeah. it look just so but I mean it makes sense. They just used what was there, right?
1: Yeah, and people have asked Romero that before too in an interviews. He's like, we have money for that.
0: Right. <laughs> like we're talking and serious low budget. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And even the the farmhouse that Barbara escapes was a farmhouse that just someone he knew had it and they were going to demolish it so they told oh. him he could do whatever he wanted to the house wow. as long as when well, they were done they I know so he could just knock it down so perfect like, everything oh, wow. was practical it was there it was probably, so wow. either someone they knew or a friend of a friend uh the whole reason that Barbara she's trying to get away runs into the tree makes me laugh because you know i will of course i love zombies why so i watch the walking dead yeah and every time a character's in a car there's no one on the road they always wreck it's <laughs> true
3: yes. it,
1: it took me a while to remember well barbara wrecks the car in night of the living dead so they kind of set a precedent very <laughs> yeah. But the only reason they did that is someone accidentally hit the car and dented it, so they had to make a reason why the car was hit. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> it
0: yeah, it's like across the field. It's like super dented, but she just kind of like skirted the tree, like she just barely rubbed against yeah. it. And I'm like, where did that dent come from? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great.
4: That that is funny because I feel like that's part of the the charm almost of this movie is that it is so low budget, but it's, I don't think it's so low budget. Like Cheryl, like you were saying, you thought it was going to be like plan nine. Right. I I think it, it hits that right level where, I mean, weren't a few of the actors, they were like uh, stage actors. So it's almost, you know, like, like they're very broad kind of stage performances and the sets are very, you know Joe you're saying practical sets so it's kind of like an actor's dream is like oh I'm in the place you know
0: right <laughs> <laughs> they,
4: you know they don't have to pretend they're closing a door like they have a physical <laughs> a real door to slam or whatever yeah uh, so I think that gives it that charm where it's it's kind of hits that all the right notes of you know not it. it's yes it's a horror film but it's not you know too gross out it's not too you know uh jumping or in your face right they take the time to have little like social commentary discussions uh and like when you know the the all of the the exposition that we get from the television
0: yes yeah
4: is all very like yeah this is just very easy to film (laughs) just (laughs) it's like a news set you know there's there's the uh, the scene where they're they're talking to like the sheriffs, they're just kind of standing around. It's all like handheld.
0: Yeah, I actually, like it just has
4: like that feel of like it's, it was easy to make.
0: <laughs> yeah, and those I thought those scenes when they were like talking with the guys who'd kind of formed a sort of a posse to to get rid of all these zombies, you know, and and it was on the news. I thought those scenes like really worked well, just like yeah. it felt very genuine. Like they're just out there talking to these guys who are doing this. Like it didn't feel like I didn't know if a lot of it was sort of improv or if the just the guy leading that group was just a particularly good actor in this. But yeah, it, I, I, it felt very genuine to me. Mm-hmm. Um. When I, I saw this when I was fairly young,
3: probably, you know, like 11 or 12. And it was those scenes at the end that, um, you know, it was being so young and impressionable. I'm like, what, what, did they work in actual footage from something yeah. that actually happened? Like, I, w- uh, I, I really believed it as a kid that 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 was real. It had me second guessing it. Yeah. And then, of yeah, course, I couldn't really
0: sleep. Well yeah, I, I, <laughs> I liked
1: it a lot.
0: I like, because, no, go
1: ahead. I would say the newscasters were real newscasters from the Pittsburgh area. So, oh, cool. And I always hate when they get fake, you know, like yes. an actor to play the news personally, because it's just not the same. Right. We have a mm-hmm. cadence and a way of presenting things that are all their own. Yeah. And it's hard to mimic. So between that and the fact that they were shooting everything close up, and, and then as we get to the end, and we'll, uh, we got a lot of that at the end, it all almost felt like they you found documentary footage
0: yes. and you were watching. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I, I loved like all of the radio stuff, the TV stuff, like uh, it, the way that it, it, the whole thing, like this whole story was unfolding outside of that house. And because like, I, I noted that they said like the, this, this, they're following this epidemic of mass murder by unknown assassins. Like, cause that's what you would think at first, right? Like, oh my God, there are these rogue yeah. groups out there, like just randomly killing people. And then as they're in, it's saying, I made a note that says familiar cause it, they were telling people to stay inside behind locked doors, stay where you are. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm used to that. Um <laughs> But also that it was like saying it was only, Taking place east of the Mississippi River, except for southeast Texas, you know, and that it wasn't because normally you get these zombie things and it's like, okay, it's nationwide, it's worldwide, whatever. But to have this be like and then to think about people on the West Coast watching this TV broadcast, these news broadcasts and going, oh, my God, what's going on on the East Coast, on the eastern U.S.? Like, oh, wow. And uh, I don't know. It just I, I really liked the way all of that unfolded as they started to get more information and more of it was coming out and what was really happening and yeah it was a really cool way to do it it felt
2: very real almost like um not quite to the hokey slash stunt extent of um orson welles yeah Uh, war of the worlds (laughs) but um but like presented in a very and and of course like you've all seen A movie where some stupid thing pops up on a news channel in the background that coincidentally has this exact thing to do with what the hero's problem is Um, but but here it kind of works because it's like the only thing that matters (laughs) and and it's it's happening to other people not just like the people in this house right so it was it was an entertaining and like informative way to, to get the information across
0: yeah, And and I
1: also love they never use the words.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Right. They yeah, used yeah. ghoul or ghouls a couple times. Yeah, and, and then uh, those things. That was like a favorite of the guy who played Harry. Those things out there. We didn't know if those things <laughs> got in here.
2: We'll be right back with more It's On My List.
1: Hey, folks. This is Joe Myers. When I'm not waxing poetic about classic and cult films that I should have watched ages ago, you can hear me talk all things horror on the podcast Macabre with my fellow co-hosts chris duck and jenny duquette join us each week for horror related news movie and show reviews film franchise focuses director and actor spotlights and much more
4: Podcast Macabre is available via our website, our Libsyn hosting site, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, with new episodes available every Monday.
3: You can find us at PodcastMacabre.com and follow our social media accounts on Facebook and under at PodcastMacabre on Twitter and Instagram.
1: So, friends, please subscribe to, rate, and review the show. And remember, don't be afraid of the dark, be afraid of what's in it.
3: I watched it the other night with Alex, and she was like so annoyed, so annoyed obviously, with Barbara.
0: <laughs> yeah. well, that's what my friend. Everyone was, was annoyed. Yeah, with that's Barbara. what my friend was saying right. too. But I was, I was like, well you know this horrifying thing is happening and she's just checked out like i can't and she know, was you know and she was pretty checked out what i think what
3: i re it i'm like i think the thing that really broke barbara was seeing the corpse upstairs oh like yeah that, yeah after yeah. that she went catatonic Which, and, yeah. and I, can't, I could totally yeah you know when i was a kid it bugged me but now i'm like oh my god yeah that's that's awful and um It was funny, though. I was thinking that the smartest thing I've ever seen anybody do when she was trying to get away and she didn't have the key, she did. She put the car in neutral. I mean, that's
0: brilliant. Yes, I thought that was really (laughs) great, too.
3: To get away, she did run into a car, I mean, a a tree. But But uh, she's
0: scared. She can't steer very well when you're scared. You're like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I
4: I think some of that even comes from in our modern, uh, I say modern, it's even like through the even all the way back in the 90s. Uh, Where we're used to like the final girl. We're used to like
2: Mm -hmm. in the horror
4: (laughs) film. There's there's the heroine comes comes up above everyone else, and so. You know when you have that kind of mindset and you watch a movie like this you go yeah barbara's our girl and then she gets <laughs> to the farmhouse and shuts down right <laughs> right we're just barbara. kind of like no no, no barbara please <laughs> <laughs> and
2: i like that that she wasn't the only woman in the movie because then it would yes. just be like oh well that crazy woman who's passing out it's like right. no there's there's other, there's other women in here who are like maybe not doing the best job but they're doing the best they can right. they're active <laughs> yeah yeah yes. Every, yes, everyone active. is
4: active in the movie
0: yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I liked there were a couple like subtle things like between Harry and Helen the the couple with the daughter and, and that Helen at one point says, makes a comment of we may not like living together but you know and I was like oh okay so we have a whole thing here that's just mm-hmm. there's a little background for us that these two do not really get along they're a couple but mm-hmm. you know they're married but this is not going well <laughs> and i liked that gave a little bit more depth to them even though it doesn't really get addressed but we can see like she's tired of this guy's behavior as all of us are watching the movie because he's just kind <laughs> yeah. of a jerk you know <laughs> like that's all he is is out for himself and uh yeah
1: i always loved helen because she didn't take any crap from Harry. Yeah, <laughs> and and he came up like big man on campus, trying to tell Ben what to do, and he's already oh, yeah. like, you know, Barbara's like, what it often it never never line at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that they just kind of. As a kid, I was always like. Well, why would you argue? Of course you would come together and fight the monsters and try to survive. And now that I'm 45, I'm like, no, of course they would argue and fight (laughs) against each other and everyone would end up dead. But but I, I did. I always loved that because that was always against expectation for me. I was always used to, like, the women kind of being subservient. To the dominant um, male in a movie. So the fact that she would give him grief and just basically tell him to shut up. She's just then, so
2: over him at that yeah, point. <laughs> yeah,
1: just Like like you were saying, like, you know, we don't have to like each other, but whatever. And then the other trope uh, beyond the final girl thing that we were used to, like I was used to, if there's a black person in a horror movie, they will always be the first to die. Right. Yeah. Right. So the fact that Ben, like, turned out to be a main person in this movie and the last man standing as we get to the end, like that kind of blew me away a little too. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was funny to watch that swing from being a little kid and being like, well, we should all be getting along at this point. The world's ending where you are. What are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, they would have already stabbed each other. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I made, I had two weird notes that I made in here. One was very personal. Uh, there's a point where, Helen sits in a chair, like a wooden chair, and it creaks a lot, like when she's sitting there, it makes this creak sound. And that absolutely set my teeth on edge. It was a familiar sound from my childhood that like oh, wow. bothered me, and I know we must have. I mean, obviously we had a chair that made that noise, and I don't. It might have been a rocking chair. I don't know, but I was like, "Whoa, that is so weird!" That like, my teeth hurt listening to that. And <laughs> I don't know what. To, so might you know need to bring that into a therapy session. But uh, <laughs> and then the other thing was that if they remake this movie anytime soon, Harry will be played by Rob Corddry because he looked exactly. Like I have him. that in my notes too. <laughs> <laughs> He's a dead ringer.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. And Stephen Merchant as Johnny. Oh, I didn't even, I was trying the brother to, at the beginning. I was trying to think who that would be, but yeah, that would be a good, you're right. That would be a good choice.
1: He did remake this movie in 1990. Yeah. And Tom Savini directed it. Uh, Tony Todd played Ben and Patricia Coleman, Barbara, A much different. Barbara. Ah. So oh, if yeah. you don't like the catatonic bar, if you want like the Sarah Connor Terminator barba, <laughs> watch the 1990, bar, and, and it's excellent. I uh, absolutely <laughs> love it. I think it's one of not only just one of the best remakes, but it's one of the best horror movies of the 90s. It, wow. it is uh, very much in the spirit of the original, but it changed just enough on your toes. I, I love it. It's a great community school. Cool.
0: Uh, I liked also that the there was a point where they were it was another television moment um, where there were scientists and a mili- the the head military guy whatever and they're walking along and the the reporters are asking them questions you know and and we've got this thing where the scientists are saying you know uh, yes this has been caused by this uh, radiation from this satellite that's that's you know, what crashed back to earth? Whatever it was, returning to earth, and the military saying no, no, no. And I was like, oh, here's another thing that feels familiar right now. Yeah, <laughs> don't listen to the scientists. <laughs> yeah, following those
2: those, those doctors or, or whoever out of their car. Like, what what meeting are you going to now? What did you say? And then the one guy's like, well, I think it's this. He's like, well, we're not we're not going to jump to any conclusions. And I'm
1: like, no, <laughs> no. Uh, I do love the ambiguity though, because I I hate. <laughs> Most of the time, when they fully explain why the zombie.
2: Yes. They yes. Like
1: to be kept in the dark for the moment. Because, you know, if you're out in the rural sticks of Pittsburgh, you're like up in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the state, good lord, my brain. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to be like, oh, well, yeah, I heard this doctor the other day say this. It's like, no. Right. You, if you're able to see that television clip, then you'll know. If you happen to be running for your life from a horde of zombies, you gonna get that little piece
4: of information no clue Mm yeah well and then i i think what's even better is that they get this information and it does nothing for them it's not like they can go oh let's wrap ourselves in tinfoil or something like (laughs)
3: yeah yeah it's
4: just like okay well that's what's going on out there but now we have to deal with the reality that we are you know boarded up in this house yeah
0: there was a dr grimes i think in that that scene with the scientists and military. I wondered if Dr. Grimes was an inspiration for the name Rick Grimes, but probably not, but.
1: Oh, I wouldn't doubt it though. Kirkman's a fan of a night living dead. So it's, it's very possible.
0: I felt that Judy, the, uh, what was that? Tom's girlfriend, uh, was awfully lackadaisical about getting that fabric ready for the Molotov cocktails. I really just wanted to be like, "Could you, <laughs> could you please hurry up and do your work?" Because she's just having a chat with Tom and like not, and he's like even said something like, "We need to get these done," and she's just like, "Yeah, but okay," and not doing anything. <laughs>
2: well, but she, she was also she didn't want him to be the one to have to run out to the to yes, the gas but tank or still, So she's probably stalling so that uh,
0: it just the uh, let's get things. Done, part of me was like, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Yeah, that whole scene with the truck when they're trying to—they have this whole plan and they're trying to get the zombies away from the truck so they can get out there. They've found the key for the gas pump, so they get out there and they got to get it over to the gas pump and fill it up, and then just everything goes wrong at that point. (laughs) I was like, wow, that was a really good scene. Like, I really—I you know—I thought that was well done, of just every every step being the wrong one and just everything going bad.
4: Well even the, the before they even get out there, Judy says, Oh, I, I'm I'm gonna go too right. and then uh, Harry just tosses her out the door yeah. and closes right. it behind her. <laughs> yeah. I I think in Harry's mind he's like, Well, if they never come back, we're better off.
0: Yes. Yes.
2: <laughs>
4: That's
1: definitely
0: like, what he was
2: thinking.
1: It wasn't one second he was the one staying behind where I was like, oh, he's going to be a good guy and help them out. Like, oh, right? that's going to end badly for everybody. Right.
0: <laughs> I thought it was an interesting visual, you know, after the truck explodes and then, and then um, Ben is stuck outside at the pump and he's surrounded by the zombies. And that was very much to me, a visual of this white mob surrounding this black man. And, you know, I thought that was a really interesting visual.
4: I always liked in in that scene too also visually but for a different reason. Um when he he picks up the gun and he aims it towards the camera. There's a zombie yeah. like right in front of our view and he shoots them and you see the the bullet hole hit and do nothing. And yeah. I always thought that was very the way that camera is so simply not it's just very stationary and it but it's towards us so it almost it it feels like oh there's it's weirdly feels dangerous because you know, we're seeing like straight down the barrel. Yeah. And yet then when it when the zombie gets hit, like I feel like that um that practical effect is so good and then you see that the zombie is nothing nothing has affected it just being shot through the chest. So Yeah. Ben has to, you know, run for it.
0: Yeah. The uh, the addition of the of the sound effects in the scenes when the zombies are eating what's left of Tom Aww, and and yeah, Judy, uh, yeah, the, the sound, mm. I was like, okay, you didn't need to go that far. Like that was really <laughs> gross, <laughs> but obviously yeah, effective. Was, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: pretty. Nasty. So y'all weren't eating prime rib during the movie. For <laughs> oh, oh,
0: goodness' wow.
3: No. <laughs> Uh, I like the fact that these zombies, you know, were even from the beginning, he, he the the first zombie goes to use the, the car door handle and they're using like bricks to smash windows right. and they're you know, they're slow, but they're still yeah. like they're, they seem like a, a bigger threat than even, you know, like the mob zombies in the walking Dead now because they can actually they still have some. Uh, knowledge of how to how things work right and uh that was really really effective yeah i I had forgotten about that
4: yeah i think that makes them um to me like more scary in the in the kind of the towards the end of the film when they when they come into the farmhouse Mm -hmm. because they they all just kind of stream in they're not really paying attention to each other but they're not pushing and shoving they're just kind of blindly bumping into each other yeah. and some of some of them have things in their hands but it's things they've just picked up they they don't even know what they have in their hands right and then there's there's uh there's even one it always sticks out to me like uh turns around and like knocks over one of the chairs and just doesn't react to it at all like it's so the this is like the real you know the the fear of the zombie is the fear of like the lack of humanity yes and so yeah. to have to have these kind of blank creatures just stumbling around uh, but, but you know, not quite. Not, there is, not, yeah.
3: There is one. I think it's a lady towards the end where they're all they've all swarmed into the living room where she's got like a a table leg or something and yeah. she's mm. thumping it on the floor yes, and that creeped yeah. me out as a kid.
0: Because <laughs> I just imagine being
3: down in that basement and hearing all those right. things above. Yeah, yeah, and and
0: just, like yeah, in The Walking Dead, most of them look. Mindless very, yeah, mindless, and they look dead. Like you know, there there's a change in them, but but in this, they all they just look like they're they're homeless, they're dirty, whatever. They don't look mm-hmm. dead per se, right? And it, I mean,
4: there's a few that have like a like some kind of very visible scar. Yes, but, but uh, other than yeah. that, it's not. Yeah, it's not like gaunt you know it's yeah. not like oozing right you know body parts, right or yeah so yeah. it's
0: like you could encounter this group of these people and think oh what's wrong with these people but you wouldn't think oh my god zombies you know so <laughs> well, that, that was uh that
4: was barbara at the beginning yeah,
0: like oh yeah trying to <laughs> talk to that guy
4: nearly crashed into that man yeah
0: because
3: yeah. i like too at the beginning you know most of them are dressed in suits and stuff but as the night goes on they're like wearing nightgowns yeah. or you know just like Shirtless, some people are naked. Yes. I think it's the lady who's yes. naked. Yeah, I mean, guess no one naked. Guess the night, yeah, as the night goes on, it's like all oh, these people, you know, they're, they're being attacked in their homes as you know, like real time. It yeah, seemed like. it was, yeah, it was a neat, a neat touch to how how the time's moving on through the night. It's, yeah. Oh
4: yeah. Yeah. Well, because the um, they do say at one point in the film, it's the recently dead and the unburied. Dead. Yeah. So it's not like you know you know, ancient skeletons are rising up. It is yeah. like if you died in the last 24 hours or something like, no. No. yeah, I, and, and that explains the suits. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> yeah. I always think that's funny. The well-dressed zombie.
0: <laughs> I love, I've been subscribing to that for years. It's a great magazine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: Uh, the other thing that kind of blows my mind about this movie like we're, we're only eight years after Santo had a toilet in a scene and that was the first time you'd ever seen a toilet flushing and people, it blew people's minds. Yes. So like in that eight-year span, we go from that to naked zombies just <laughs> sticking their hands in people's uh, to ripping up and just <laughs> chowing
0: down. And, I, and, I, and it's interesting that you mentioned psycho because the scene where the, the little girl, Karen, goes after her mother with the trowel, that's very much a psycho style kill mm-hmm. scene. You know, you mm-hmm. have more evident blood as it's happening. But but yeah, that was all I could think of. It was like, oh yeah, just put the violins in here and, you know. Mm
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> Def- and that's a great scene for sound design too, Because you never see Really it go into her mother's right. stomach But that little ch- ch- Sound yeah. over and over And over and the way that Show the shadow of the trowel Yes out. Uh, I forgot until I rewatched it again last night Got just how much I Adore that scene And then there's <laughs> that, that weird like, Spooky ambiance they put on her screaming And it turns it out weird like <laughs> Right. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's my jam right there.
0: <laughs> I am a little worried about uh, you now. More yes. than I was before. <laughs>
1: you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> but I do love the fact that throughout the entire movie, from the time that we get everyone in the farmhouse, like up on the, the ground floor level, it's an argument of, should all come down in the cellar. That's the safest spot. And Ben's like, no, we need to stay up here. And at the end of the day, it turns out that the racist guy was right.
0: <laughs> down
1: in the cellar was the safest spot. So I do love the fact right. that the guy that's our hero is fallible. Yes, yes. Like, like all their plans don't come to fruition. And then at the end of the day, he has to go down and go to the one place where he didn't want to go. And he ends up actually surviving down there. Yes, I found that just, that blew my mind as a kid. I was like, no, the hero's always right. Right. What what the hell? I mean, five minutes later, my mind was blown even more. Right. (laughs) But I always found that to be a a great thing where like the guy I hated the most in this movie ended up being right. Ah.
0: Yes. (laughs) That's just life. Isn't it, though? Yeah, exactly. But uh, should we talk about the ending, about exactly what happens then? So... Or leave it as a surprise for someone who's going to watch. We always talk about the endings. Well,
2: you have been warned. Yes, yes, spoilers ahead.
0: (laughs) Serious spoilers ahead. Yeah, so...
3: Everyone knows Barbara comes back to save the day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so this part, really, I like... So Ben's in the cellar. These guys who we've seen on TV are coming through, like, killing off all these ghouls, as they're calling them. And they're going to check the house. And you think, oh, okay... Ben's going to get rescued now, you know. And he comes up. As soon as he came up out of the cellar and started walking into the house, I thought, oh no. (laughs)
2: Yeah, same. I was just like, oh, I know. Because they're just like, just go in the house and take
0: care of whatever ghouls are in there, you know. And I thought, oh, they're not going to realize he's not one of them. Uh, And yeah, they just shoot him. (laughs) <laughs> from outside yep. the house. Like, nobody even bothers to come in. They're just like, yeah, just take care of that I, one. I
2: love how there's, like, yeah, no fanfare. Yeah. Cause, well, because you kind of see them beforehand. They're doing, like, a sweep across the across the country. Yeah. And, yeah, honestly, I think the sheriff was, like, one of my favorite characters just because he's, like, so chill. <laughs> just right. like, yeah, we'll just take care of it. Can I have some coffee? Okay, we're going to go over here. We're going to take <laughs> care of it. I'm just like, have you done
0: this Right, before? like, it's totally normal.
2: <laughs> yeah. Wow, okay. No, yeah, but then when... Because you can, they they cut back to uh, bed in the cellar, and you can see he's like trying not to fall asleep because he's been there all night, and he, if he falls asleep, he's probably gonna die. Um, but he he hears people, he's like okay, and then he's he's going upstairs, and I'm like, say something,
0: <laughs> <laughs> say like, that you're not out to them, yeah. No.
3: but I think at that point he wasn't really sure what on outside yet either I mean he heard commotion but for all he knew it just could have been you know continuation of the night yeah
0: Yeah. Uh, but then you get these these images afterward that I that were like really effective of just still images these you know of of the men like they had like those meat hook things and they were just they you know were grabbing his body with those and took him outside just to throw him on the on the big pile that then they just burn all these bodies like he's just another dead ghoul like yeah
4: and and the audio that plays behind that is like very like almost like clinical like you're hearing like the radio yeah, transmission yeah. they're like "uh oh, breaker come in uh we got another situation out here oh okay we'll be right there" like that kind of yeah. thing it's not yeah. And it's,
0: I mean, it, it obviously it had the, you know, oh, it's just another, you know, black man shot needlessly by the police. Like, it's just this, the whole thing is just this metaphor for, you know, this, this happens all the time. You know, like, it's very, like, for these guys to shoot this other guy. I mean, the, in the movie, theoretically, they never realized that he hadn't been a zombie. Um, but it just feels like, oh, of course they there's a black man and let's kill him and throw him on the fire. Like it just felt, you know, it's a very effective. Like, like, yeah.
3: yeah. Like just such a, such a huge waste, a waste of life. Yes. I mean, waste, of, you know, like essentially it is regardless, but he went through all of that through the night and then it was just yeah, for, for nothing. That, yeah. You know, and then, that could that could be applied. Yeah, just now. to end yeah. it. It's sad. It's it's such a striking
0: scene. Yeah, it's very sad because yeah, like like everybody said already, like you expect our hero of the movie to survive, and then he doesn't, and it's a very weird feeling. You're like, oh, okay. I mean, the only thing that would have been worse <laughs> yeah, is if the weird. zombies had killed everyone, you know, like that. W- yes. But but this is just like, oh. Uh, Okay, <laughs> what do I do with that?
1: <laughs> now, I believe Romero when he says that the casting of Dwayne was just because he was the best actor in the right. room. but Nothing will convince me that he didn't intentionally insert that scene at the end with the still picture. Yeah. His reasoning behind that was like, that's every grainy old lynching photo. Yes, he's on history. yes. And immediately, even as a kid, my mind went straight there. And it made a bleak ending even more of a bummer when you saw that. Even to the point where I had actually forgotten that you go through all those still photos. And then at the very end, he goes back to regular film action where you see the the, uh, fire burning. Oh,
0: right. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Nothing will convince me that that was not Like that that was a complete and total parallel he was drawing. I mean, when they finished the movie and locked it and threw like literally threw the film cans in the back of the trunk, and they drove from Pittsburgh to New York trying to find theaters to play it. When they were driving around New York City and on the news, it broke that doctor. That's the time frame we're talking. The fact that he had those still photos at the end of that movie
0: huge. The fact
1: that Dwayne was the lead of this movie
0: huge. Yes. Yes. I mean, and it's still interesting. I mean, now today, obviously we're getting more horror movies with, with black leads in it, which is really awesome to watch, but it, but it's still, you know, until, you know, Get Out happened, it was still so unusual.
1: That is why I do love the horror genre so much because when people have a chance to make a movie from their voice, and, their perspective, and it's from a voice and perspective that's not your own, yeah. you get a little insight into the world. It, it does make you. huge Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: It. Everyone says representation matters, it truly does, so I am glad that we are to a point. It's my favorite genre of film. It's what I watch. 99.9% of everything I put on is going to be a whole. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just spent two days in a row out in the Inland Empire at the Miki, Mission Kiki Drive In at Beyond Fest because this year they couldn't have it at the Egyptian. So they did it out at the Drive In. Yeah. So Monday and Tuesday, I did the two hour haul in prime time traffic oh boy. all the way out Ugh. there. And one of the films that I got to see was called Bad Hair. And it comes out on Hulu on the twenty third, and it's all about a lady who is set in nineteen eighty nine, and she works at a music channel, a music television channel. She wants to become a oh, DJ. Oh, I saw the preview for this. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and she has like her original hair, and Vanessa Williams plays her new boss. So she tells her basically like looking the way you do, you would never even get in the door for an interview with me. If you want to move from an assistant up to an associate producer, you, you need to go see this person. They hands her a card basically to a weed shop. So
4: mm-hmm. it's
1: all about black women and the standards of beauty that they're held to from themselves, to other black women, white women, and everything in between. And it really was like kind of an eye-opening thing. And it sounds like it's slapsticky to say that a movie about a killer weave actually has <laughs> great social commentary <laughs> but, but it's a it great is.
0: idea it's an awesome idea yeah
1: <laughs> it really was so it, and it wasn't as it builds a horror comedy but it was way more horror than there was comedy wow. so it really did kind of take me back a little bit but things like that like you never would have seen that there's ago. Good- I'm glad that people are getting a chance to express their voice and do things. Like we all know Gordon Till would get out and us. And I I think we're gonna start seeing more of that, the the better these films do at the box office when the box office (laughs) again. The more word of mouth that people get.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that we're getting different perspectives and seeing more of like what horror is to Someone other than white men, you know, like <laughs> seeing what things are in there, and there's a lot of social commentary in the horror movies that that we're seeing now, and I and it's awesome to see, like just you know, it, it's so much more than just about scaring you, you know.
1: Yeah, I feel attacked. I have an opinion too. <laughs>
0: <That's> right <laughs>
4: now, something I am curious about, um, particularly for. Cheryl and Bethany, but uh, obviously for for everyone else as well. Had had y'all seen the the you know quote unquote sequels to this? The other like Dawn of the Dead, Day of no, the Dead. I
2: haven't. I have, uh, I recently watched uh, what was it? Return, uh, Return of the Living Dead, which was the eighties
1: oh, thing. Okay, yeah part of the... <laughs> of course, yeah. Not,
2: not, not officially no, part of this canon, co, which yeah, was the, readily apparent. It was I, like, I, I, I you know. had seen
0: that before watching Yeah, not I haven't dead. seen any of those. Yeah.
1: John Russo, <laughs> though, who had a big hand in this, and that was kind of his own and take on the zombie genre. That's where you get them talking and going, brains! Brains! Yeah, right. I like that movie. That's not my preferred zombie, though. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, yes. if you even halfway liked Night of the Living Dead, one of the Dead... Most people consider that the best of the bunch from them. I still prefer night, uh, personally. But Dawn of the Dead takes it out of the countryside, slaps it right in the middle of the city. You've got uh, people in uh, huge tenement apartment buildings
0: oh, God. burning.
1: And because people, it's their family members, instead of killing them, they're like them in rooms, or putting them in the basement, and holding them there because they think they might be able to cure them. Yeah, and you know, of course, Don's famous for being about consumerism. So you end up with a mall. Yeah,
0: yeah I've heard it. Day that of the one, Dead.
1: Yeah. yeah, Day of the Dead's even further into the future, where there's you know humanity's on their last leg. They're trying to find a cure. Uh, you can make a very easy tie to the AIDS epidemic of the early mm-hmm. '80s for yeah. that one. Uh, Land of the Dead came out early 2000 at the time it was Romero's response to uh, George W. Bush presidency <laughs> and I think it is even more on point now where we are than it was <laughs> bet back it is. then yeah. because <laughs> it is about Dennis Hopper runs this building I forgot the name of the building off my head but basically all the rich people live in this very secure fortified building ah. if you're not one of the rich people you live out on the ground and it's your job to go out the forage for supplies to bring back to the oh them. God. And Don Leguizamo's in it and hey. uh, he's he's driven by the fact that he keeps being told, hey, if you bring in just a little bit more from up in the, into the place, a little bit more, a uh-huh. little bit more. And it's like, you know, oh, sure, buddy, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and then he yeah. keeps trying and keeps trying but he doesn't get into the place. And, it, it, and each one especially Land of the Dead, that concept of the zombie being able to use a tool or grab something to get into a place, yeah. it, that evolves. Oh. And you get to the point where where you get to the Land of the Dead, you are flat out cheering for the zombie. <laughs> oh, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see why. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I would like to see that one for sure.
1: Yet another one, Diary of the Dead, was his take on the first person, (laughs) sort of like Blair Witch Project, Shaky Camp thing. A lot of people hate it, but looking back on it now, it was all about basically the fact that we were moving from trusted news sources to video clips online from people. And how you can get like little bits of information that may or may not be true, and then... That one, Survival of the Dead, was his very last one. And that one basically is the Hatfields and McCoys on an island. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I don't understand what he was doing <laughs> with that one. Because he had already made it abundantly clear that humanity was going to fall apart. They were going to fight against each other. Uh, it, it's it's so. Uh, I, just can't, I can't recommend that one. That's the one I've seen at the very least out of all. Of
0: I just. I mean, I knew yeah. there were like two other. You know, of the dead <laughs> movies, I didn't realize he just kept making them.
1: <laughs> well, and they were Why long, don't? far apart. Though. Yeah, like, but wow, the dead came out in the early '80s, and then you didn't get Land of the Dead until 2003, mm. and he was pissed about that too. Because like, The Walking Dead, huge on television, they actually asked yeah. him to come film, and he's just like, "No, I'm not going to come do one of yours. If I'm going to do something zombie, I'm going to do my own thing." What are you talking yeah. About? <laughs> But, I, and but when obviously, he passed away, go ahead. I was going to say when he passed away, he actually was working on another one called Road of the Dead. Oh <laughs> Lord, where it was going to pick up on the end of Land of the Dead, and the zombies were going to just kind of follow where the people drove off to. Oh Lord, and kind of no. go after them. But, but yeah, it's uh, and it sounds like comments. beating a dead yes, horse. Yes, it does. Yes, <laughs> well, you know, it is it,
0: it, <laughs> A point, reanimated I, horse. I, I,
1: I, no, because the fact that he had been screwed over on the copyright for this, I'm like, let the man get all the money in the world he can. Yeah, that's
0: true. <laughs> well, and it, it, I mean, The Walking Dead obviously borrowed an awful lot from what he created throughout all those movies. I mean, uh, yeah, as you're talking about those, I'm like, oh yeah, they do that in Walking Dead. Oh, yeah, they do that in Walking Dead. Like, yeah, I mean, they owed him a huge debt for that. I mean, every zombie movie does now, I guess, but.
1: And if you want an alternate reality, he actually did do a comic book series called Empire of the Dead, where when Johnny grabs Barbara from the farmhouse and dragged her out, she doesn't get bit or eaten right away. Mm-hmm. And one of the posse happened to be out there at night hunting and uh, does free her from Johnny. yeah. There is a version of Richard uh, of course, being the, the kid that loves the downer endings. I like the fact that they just under the ground, the body. But yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: goodness. Yeah.
3: Did I answer your question, Andrew?
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, so yeah. happy Joe gets his outlet. Yes, once, yes. A year, <laughs> once a year, which is why he has his separate podcast. Uh, <laughs> explode
0: I'm just he really glad we could settle on a horror movie that wasn't like super gross, because there are yeah. certain ones that I would just simply veto. So, or just be like, you <laughs> well, guys enjoy. I I'm not going to be there.
2: <laughs> I did see this with the double feature of uh, Evil Dead right afterwards. Ooh. The original Evil Ooh.
1: Dead. Nice. I mean,
2: nice. and I. That we'll talk about that at a later date, but
1: uh, it was it was a nice balance. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yes, it, it does make my day that both of you enjoyed this, and it was better than you expected.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely yeah. was. I I was yeah. really pleasantly surprised by it.
4: So I I think uh, that sounds like we would all recommend it. Yeah, <laughs> nobody had a bad yeah, no. time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's kind definitely. of unusual.
4: Yeah, I yeah it definitely it definitely holds up. Uh, and I think, as as we've been saying, it the message like grows stronger as time goes right. on. Uh, whether or not George Romero intended uh, for any of these things to come through, they come through because he has some kind of you know there's like an honesty to the work
0: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
4: that that comes through, no matter what.
0: Yeah
1: If you really dig his work watch an Empire movie, check out Martin. And if you want to watch something that's completely different, he has a movie called Night Riders. Basically uh, Ren in the movie.
0: Oh yeah. Where, um, um, one of my that was yeah, one of my Ed Harris one in, of my guests on Movies Made Me actually had that movie on his list. David Blake Lucarelli. I've
2: literally seen that DVD being sold at Renfairs. fairs <laughs> yes.
1: it, it is, oh, it is wow. incredible because it goes into police brutality and just like people being kept down and kept in poverty. It, I, I had watched it for the first time, actually, when he passed away on the podcast, we did a whole Romero tribute. We watched all his films, and that was a first time view for me, and I'm like, how have I never seen this before? And it's way long, and I wanted to get at least twice as long as it was, because wow. it was a great film.
0: Oh. who would have thought? Yeah, I might check that one out.
3: Okay, I'm Elisa Gonzalez and I can be found on Twitter at this Elisa.
4: I'm Andrew Lindy and uh I host another podcast called Nothing New, a remake podcast. Uh, which is uh, myself and Justin Kizan talk about film remakes. You can find that at benvnowick.com slash nothing new. I hosted another show called Dunstan Checks Men or the official Dunstan Checks In podcast. Uh, you can find all of those episodes at com slash Dunstan. And I'm not going to explain what it is. It's over. It's done. I'm congratulations. free of it.
2: <laughs> yes, congratulations to Andrew. And,
4: and uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Podcaster Andrew.
2: I'm Bethany Brinton. I'm a musician and composer. You can find me at all the social things at Bethany Brinton. Uh, and we are, it's on my list pod at all of the social things. It's on my list pod at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. Tell us about your favorite horror movie that you think we should see, That I won't watch um, Or <laughs> <laughs> me either. <laughs> or any, any sort of uh, Halloween pookie sort of genre movie or your favorite George Romero movie and and you'll chat with Joe for hours <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that'll be cool uh, I am Cheryl Jones you can find me my personal accounts on social media at Speedway CJ uh, you can listen to five years of Movies Made Me now available on Amazon Music and uh, I swear to you I am eventually going to start my new show which you can find at MyCore4Pod across social media
1: it will happen. I'm Joe Myers. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Joe Myers. And as this actually comes out, I've been doing a little October art project where I've posted mashups of cartoon characters and various horror movies that I love. They're great. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I I am very much looking forward to the one tomorrow, which I'll go ahead and say uh Ridley Scott's the Flintstones is all. (laughs) Oh, if you're not tired of listening to me talk about horror movies like we did in this episode I also co-host the Podcast Macabre where we talk all things horror visit actually podcast no. please visit podcastmacabre.com for all our social medias and uh, you are listening to It's On My List Yeah. <laughs>